0: welcome to year two of tell me a story i don't know a refreshing and captivating interview with top sports personalities and their connections to chicago from eddie olcheck to bob costas mike north to pat foley they reveal entertaining memorable and emotional stories some you've never heard before i'm george Hoffman, and please make sure you subscribe to tell me a story i don't know on apple Podcasts, spotify and wherever you get your podcast Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is sponsored by Vienna Beef, makers of Chicago's hot dogs since 1893. Find them on the web at viennabeef.com. And by Dynamic Manufacturing, awarded the General Motors Supplier of the Year 23 times. Honor the legacy, pioneer the future. Visit them at dynamicmanufacturinginc.com. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is also sponsored by Serenau Law Group, top-notch pros in reducing your rising real estate taxes. They're on the web at serenau.com. By BetUS, America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. Check them out at BetUS.com. And by the Palina Market, purveyors of the finest meats in the Chicagoland area since 1949. Visit them at PalinaMarket.com. This week we feature part two with Hall of Famer and the Chicago Blackhawks legendary voice, Pat Foley. Bill
1: Wirtz's brother, Michael, bought his cars at Foley Buick. So when I apply for the Hawks job, Michael Wirtz eventually brings his car in for service. Uh, Guess what tape was in his uh, cassette deck when he went home? uh, He knew more about the Grand Rapids Isles than he ever wanted to know. But my dad said, Mr. Wirtz, would you mind listening to this? And that helped me get the job without question. Pat Foley is
0: retiring. Those are really hard words to say after listening to his brilliant description of Blackhawks hockey for some 40 years. But Foley claims it was his decision. In part two, we look back at how he landed the Hawks' job, his relationship with broadcast partner Eddie Olchek, and one of the great rivalries during his run. But we begin with what had to be a somewhat tortuous assignment for Foley, delivering words after the Blackhawks had settled a lawsuit with Kyle Beach, one of the players who claimed he was sexually assaulted by an assistant coach in 2010.
1: We're here to cover a hockey game between two original six franchises tonight, That seems almost inconsequential after the news of yesterday. It was a tough day for the Hawks, not nearly as tough as what Kyle Beach has had to deal with since 2010. And today, Kyle had the courage to come forward and reveal his identity. You saw the results of the independent investigation led by former federal prosecutor Reed Schar. Although ownership and the Hawks' current leaders had no knowledge of the events at the time, it's obvious that the organization and its leaders at that time did not live up to our own standards or values in handling those disturbing incidents. It was very important for everyone to hear Rocky and Danny publicly offer their profound apologies to Kyle Beach and all the individuals who suffered from those experiences. Now, since 2010, the Hawks have implemented numerous positive changes throughout the organization, and especially over the past year, under new leadership. If you haven't already seen it, The Hawks wrote a letter to the community, and you can find it on blackhawks.com, and that includes a link to the report in its entirety. Now, one important takeaway here is that this is a new leadership team, and they showed the world yesterday they're going to be transparent, and they'll lead with values first. Stan Bowman has stepped aside. Kyle Davidson has been named interim general manager. Now, Kyle's in his 11th season with the Hawks. He's risen through the ranks of hockey ops over the years and has plenty of experience in talent evaluation. It barely seems relevant, but we're here tonight to cover a hockey game. That's what we're going to do when we come back.
0: From here, it was back to a certain guy who's pretty good with the ponies. Every year, you know, Eddie has his uh, picks for the Derby, but I always ask Eddie for his best long-shot trifecta because, you see, I want to cash in the way Eddie did with his pick six, you know, when he raked in a half a million. So just give me those three. I'll bet, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And if I win, hey, and if I lose, big deal. Well, I've been doing this now for the last number of years, and I haven't cashed in anything. (laughs)
1: Well, anytime he goes to one of those big ones or the Derby uh, or a Triple Crown race, I'll give him some money, and there's nothing. And I have no idea. I said, if you have time, just tell me who I'm rooting for you. I don't know anything about this stuff. And by the way, Eddie Olczyk, there's a better chance he would leave his house without his wallet before he would leave it without his racing form. Okay, so he is, he is deep into this stuff. Him and Quenville used to go back and forth for hours at a time. Anyway, but there's nothing better than getting a call from Eddie, I got an envelope
0: for you. <laughs> <laughs> You've had the joy of calling players like Savard, Secord, Larmer, Wilson, Murray, Chelios, Ronick, Monte, Belfour, and, of course, the winning cup teams, Kane, Taves, Keith, Seabrook, Crawford. So many good players, but I wonder during your career if you lament not being able to call them in the Stanley Cup Finals.
1: Oh, that's the one thing that uh, has been hard to stomach. Yeah, but that's, look, at, that's the way of the world. You, uh, that's what networks pay for when when the leagues get to the playoffs. You know, the local TV guys get uh, blown out, and, you know, I I, I get why it happens, but that's been, if there's anything in my career that's been sort of incomplete, you know, that would have been it. I I have not been able to call a a Stanley Cup victory, but, hey, most of the other 3,000 games have been okay, so uh, I'll stick with that.
0: Well, I'll give you a few of them. Great rivalries. Great rivalries with the Blues, the Red Wings, and particularly the Minnesota North Stars with the hated Dino Cicerelli. What fabulous theater!
1: Oh, the best. At that time, that was the best rivalry in the league. While we were away, a scuffle developing. The players were slow to head to the penalty box. And there was a confrontation nose-to-nose between Graham and McCray. And as they started to push and shove, Steve Conroy came and just flattened McCray from behind. He may be a third man in. Belfour got involved in some pushing and shoving. We'll see if there's a call on him. And there's a big scuffle. A lot of wrestling going on in the Chicago zone. I mean, people around the league would be watching those games because it it was, uh, you know, it was obviously a very different time. The game was very different. Each team had tough guys. Uh, Those don't really exist anymore. So um, they were spirited battles. They were great. I remember it. (laughs) I remember, I think I was, this had to be early 80s because I was doing the radio by myself in Minnesota. And there is a bench-clearing brawl. I think that's the one where Savvy wound up on the Minnesota bench slugging with Dino. We have a bench-clearing brawl going now in Minnesota. As just when order seemed to be restored, Dennis Savard got into it with one of the North Stars and now we have people off both benches and a real Donnybrook. But the the bench is empty. There are, you know, there's 20 players on the ice. And so the brawl took 15 minutes and then it took The referee, back in a one-referee day, it took him half an hour to figure out what the penalties were. So I'm sitting there filling time. Lord knows what I was talking about. I I couldn't even tell you, but I do know, I do remember this. (laughs) This guy was not, you know, just a couple seats away from me in the press box there, and the game ends. Everybody's going home. I'm finally packing up and getting ready to leave, and this guy walks over to me and gives me his card. He says, hey, I run WCCO. If you're ever looking for a job, you call me. I I, I've, I had a pretty big shovel for 45 minutes, but I guess he liked it.
0: Vienna beef, two words synonymous with hot dogs. They're the home of the Chicago hot dog and an institution since 1893. If you've had a hot dog, chances are it was from Vienna. And did you know there are more locations selling Vienna in Chicago than McDonald's, Burger King and Wendy's combined? There is nothing like biting into a juicy and delicious pure beef Vienna hot dog. Drag through the garden, which includes yellow mustard, onions, relish, tomatoes, sport peppers, pickles, and some celery salt. And oh, those Polish sausages dripping with flavor. And look for the spicy smoked sausage available in your local retail stores. It includes a perfect blend of seasonings such as crushed red peppers and brown sugar, creating a bold and zesty taste. Vienna products are available in restaurants, grocery stores, and entertainment venues such as the ballparks, cups, and socks, stadiums, museums, and zoos. Plus, you can purchase them online, coast to coast at viennabeef.com and on Amazon. And remember, Vienna is not just hot dogs and sausages. Look for their farm makers' chili, mini bagel dogs, condiments, and classic deli meats. Take it from a guy who was weaned on, then sold Vienna products. It's the mark of excellence since 1893. Check them out at viennabeef.com. March Madness has begun, and BetUS Sports is your home for the NCAA Tournament Plus, the NBA, NHL, UFC, and the PGA Tour. Sign up now, and first-time bettors will get a 125% bonus with our promo code STORY22. That's STORY22. Future odds, live betting, and great parlay plays also await you at BetUS. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Go to BetUS.com and remember our code, STORY22. The easiest way to hear more great guests on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is to follow me on social media at George Hoffman. That's O F M A N, just one F on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We return with Pat Foley on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. There's no way to plan a call during a game. The action speaks for itself, Pat, but one night in Minnesota, you made what is now one of your most famous and signature calls. Well,
1: I didn't plan it, it just kind of worked that way. But, you know, we had the perfect name to, you know, be able to stretch. I mean,. You can't you can't say, Belfort! <laughs> so, yeah, it was just, you know, that's, I got lucky. I mean, it's one of those right place, right time. It was overtime. It was a big play against a hated rival. And um, so I guess uh, some people liked it. I think a lot of people
0: liked it. I know there are players you didn't care for. And one in particular, you eviscerated during a broadcast. I know you're outspoken. This attack was even uncharacteristic for you. It was a scathing one. So tell me a story I don't know why you took off on Alexander Karpatsov. I'm never again going to have to see Alexander Karpatsov in a Blackhawk uniform.
1: In his time in Chicago, he is the worst excuse for a teammate I've ever seen in over two decades doing this job. Alexander Karpatsev is now the New York Islanders' problem. That will be his last National Hockey League stop. And uh, he basically, in my opinion, was a disgrace to the uniform when he was a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. As he leaves Chicago, I just have one sentiment for Alexander Karpatsev. Good riddance. Well, you said it right. I didn't like him. And look, at that time, I'll be a little careful. At that time, the Blackhawks were run by somebody who had an affinity for Soviet players. And we had a bunch of them. And, well, I'm not going to cast aspersions. I'm just going to say that uh, in this case of this particular player, uh, he was a bad guy. He, he was stealing money. He was not a good teammate. And, by the way, when I went after him, which is harder than I've ever gone after anybody, not one of his teammates, including the Russians, ever said a word to me. Ever. So I might have been right. But, uh, you know, and I – Look at us uh, now I really feel bad talking about it because, I mean, yeah, that fella, that poor fellow died in a plane crash. He, he was on that plane in Russia that went down. So, um, you know, terrible shame there. But uh, when he was a Blackhawk, it was um, – he just was a bad teammate. So I, my time with the Blackhawks leading into that were with a bunch of character people and, and, and people who put the team above themselves and those kind of guys. This was really, uh, this, this guy was a downer in, in my view of what the Blackhawks wanted to be, so I gave it to him.
0: It wasn't long after that you were fired by Bill Wirtz, and you wound up with the Wolves. Can you refresh us as to what the hell happened and how you would wind up back with the Blackhawks two years later?
1: Well, look, at their, their, um, there were a couple people with the Blackhawks who had been after me for a, a decade plus. They, they wanted me out not going to talk about that that's just that was the case now rocky words has said that in his dad's later years he felt that maybe dementia was creeping in he talked about his dad who knew chicago like the back of his hand getting lost trying to drive home so i I don't know whether that played into my dismissal but there was a we were talking contract there was and and at that time the hawks were breaking up the simulcast so everybody's asking you know are you going to do radio or tv or what's going to happen uh never got that far they fired me and and uh, and so be it but here's I'll tell you this story how did i wind up with the chicago wolves so now after 25 years with the hawks i'm looking for a job there aren't many available in the nhl but at that time mark cuban's network or tv station which i believe is now called access axs i don't rem- i don't know that if that was the name then but they had an nhl game of the week So I got a hold of them, and this guy got back to me and said, Pat, I got total respect for you. I know who you are. I'd love to hire you. I can't hire you. My mandate from Mark Cuban is to hire a nobody. I got to hire somebody that nobody's ever heard of before. He did that last year with the Dallas Mavericks radio guy, liked it. I got to hire somebody nobody knows. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate you being up front. Thanks for the call. So now I'm thinking, huh, you know, Judd Surratt with the Chicago Wolves has been sniffing around the NHL for years. Up the near side, kicks it ahead, out the center ice, Malte, Malte over the line, left side against Saber. shoots, the runs, close, save, rebound, oh, they score! I'm going to let him know about, so I called him, I said, Judd, just so you know, access is looking for a guy, you fit the bill perfectly you want to, you know, if you want to reach out to him, you, you ought to if you want to try to get an NHL job. He does. He got the job. That's how the Wolf job opened up, and uh, I had two great years with them working with Guardsy. The Calmer Cup Finals began with Chicago taking a commanding three-game-to-nothing lead, which included a 6-1 blowout in Game 3 at La Covey Arena. But that's when Will Spare got going. They came Recording wins and each the next two games. That sets the stage for game six tonight at the Allstate. I, like, it blows my mind how this whole journey has gone, especially realizing that I basically set that, inadvertently set that whole table up for
0: myself. And then you go back to the Blackhawks, which is very surreal. So you're fired by one Wurtz and hired by another. The father fires you, the son hires you. Something's unreal about that. The whole thing, Joe.
1: I'm actually, you know, I'm going to say I'm I'm quite proud of the fact that I changed jobs twice and I live in the same house I bought in 1984. So um, I've been extremely lucky. And look, you know this, that, dude, I'm a Glenview guy. I mean, I, you know, it, it never works this way when you get into this business and you wind up working in your hometown. But that's how it's been for me.
0: Did you know General Motors 2021 Supplier of the Year is located in Hillside, Illinois? Dynamic manufacturing not only remanufactures transmissions for the likes of GM, but also has a state-of-the-art facility. Its capabilities include engineering new or existing products, along with manufacturing, machining, logistics, and re-energizing used batteries for electric cars and energy storage systems. I've seen their operation firsthand, and their nearly 1 million square feet of operating space is extremely impressive. Dynamic was founded by the late, great John Partipillo in 1955 and is still family-owned and operated by the next generation. For more information about Dynamic Manufacturing, visit their website at dynamicmanufacturinginc.com. Dynamic Manufacturing. Honor the legacy. Pioneer the future. Now let me tell you a story about Pat and I, that even Pat doesn't know. You weren't directly involved. So this is 2002 and Dale Talon is returning as your partner after a four year absence. I believe he was the director of player personnel. And I love that you said that uh, they're reuniting the pro and the schmo show. I think that's what you said, it's fabulous. Anyhow, so you didn't work the first preseason game and they're looking for somebody to do the game. And so my management people, and I believe it was Drew Hayes, said, do you want to do a Blackhawks preseason game? I said, sure, even though I love the game, I have never done it, and I know it's hard, and in this case, it's going to be really hard because there's a whole bunch of players you'll never see again. So, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting pointers from Judd. I'm nervous as hell. And there's Dale, who hasn't done it in four years, I'm sitting next to Dale Talon, and the one thing I don't want to do is sound like you. I You know, but there are times where, you know, that just creeps. That's normal. It creeps in the, in, in the play. Anyhow, I, I I did the games, the only game I ever did, and I believe the either the cassette or the broadcast is now somewhere on Mars. <laughs> well, how did you think you did? Not great. I mean... I could have easily done a baseball game, a football game, or a basketball game. Even though I loved hockey, loved it, organized a, a ball hockey team for for eight years, you know. But to call a game, it's a hell of a tough game to call. You know that.
1: Oh, it is. I mean, look at. But I, I, I'll say this, and I I say it regularly. I, you know, hockey. I think is obvious. It's the hardest to keep up with. For me, I would suggest that baseball is the hardest to be good at. You are sitting there for whatever the number is, three hours, and there is six minutes of action. So there's lots of fill. I mean, for me, it's, a whole, it's a whole different type of difficulty, but uh, big respect for baseball guys who can make those broadcasts interesting on a day-after-day grind.
0: I think I've asked just about every play-by-play guy this question. Forget about the greatest game you may have called. What was the most electric event you were ever involved in uh,
1: good question with for me i think a couple answers I, i'm going to say that um, the nhl all-star game i don't remember what year it was in the, but it was in the chicago stadium the national anthem that the gulf war had just started and the national anthem that day was incredible i, I do believe the building literally was shaking Uh, I was on the ice to introduce the players that day. We are now set for the introduction of the starting lineups. Let's go to the play-by-play voice of the Chicago Blackhawks on the public address. Here is Pat Foley. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in our television hookup with NBC and hockey fans around the world, including those on the Armed Forces Network. To the most exciting So I just kind of hung around. I stood there while the anthem was playing, and, like, it was amazing. I mean, really, a really, really cool experience. And so I went back up to my perch and, you know, called the game. Dale's and my call was on the NHL, whatever the NHL network was. So we were on a bunch of stations around the country. And uh, that, of course, uh, led to the end, near the end of the game where Dale was on a – he was on his way to the airport to catch a plane to go play golf for a few days at the tail end of the All-Star break. And uh, literally the last, I don't know, few minutes of that game, I'm calling it by myself. It was probably, I'm going to say it's eight or ten minutes on the clock uh, that I'm by myself. So I, I I said it five times. Pat Foley and Dale Talent at the Chicago Stadium just because I know he's listening in the in the car going to O'Hare. But uh, So that was a great experience, the all-star game that people still talk about. And then for me, I'll just say that um, – Hard to say electric for this, but it was close to that. The last parade the Hawks had in uh, in 15 wound up being uh, the, the uh, ceremony wound up being in uh, Soldier Field. And I was emceeing that. And, you know, first of all, those, you know, if you're any part of those parades, I mean, it's really an amazing thing because um, school is out. I mean, there are what they say. They, they said there were two million people there. I mean, hard for me to know the number, but there were a lot of folks, and everybody is just happy. It's it, it's a wonderful experience to be part of. But then, when the you know the production starts in in Soldier Field, um, I, I gotta say, I mean, I I was quite proud of how. The job I did there, i you know, I thought I just nailed it. Here's a man who has uh, been a huge part of two Jennings trophies for the Blackhawks, and next year is the 90th year of Chicago Blackhawks hockey. There has never been a Hawks goalie win two Stanley Cups. Till now! Anytime you do something like that, you always, afterwards, you're thinking about what did I miss or what did I wish say what did I said differently. what should have I has, had said here? Uh,
0: that one, I, I was uh, pretty happy with that. I'll give you an electric moment for me. I was at the game. Your call of that unbelievable goal by Dennis Savard. We had never seen anybody do that before. You know, savoir Faire, it was a spectacular goal. It really was electric.
1: The spinorama, That is Savard, as only he can do it. A brilliant play all the way around. It's nice of you to say it. I'll, I'll, I will tell you that the first time I saw him do that, I, I i didn't know what to do. I just, you know, I had never seen anything like that before. And then, then I was ready. Next time he did it, you know, I think I, I, I called it a spinorama, and I think I put a pretty good call on it. And I was really proud of that. I said, look, I, I just... I created a hockey word. I'm so proud. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, you know, a couple years later, I'm reading Dick Irvin's book, and he's talking about his great partner, Danny Gallivan, who used to talk about Serge Savard doing the spinorama. Oh, darn it. I thought I had a copyright. Not quite
0: would you like to save money (laughs) who wouldn't how about saving money on your real estate taxes i have and did so thanks to serenal law group accomplished professionals ready to put money back in your pocket all chicago properties were reassessed by the cook county assessor's office and some of you got eye-opening increases serenal law group has the ability to lower that the deadline to file your 2021 appeal is 30 days after your township opens for appeals at the board of review so don't waste a minute contacting serenal law group so you can save. There are no fees, so you don't have to pay a dime unless they save you money. And take it from me, they've saved me thousands. And they do it in a professional and friendly manner that makes your life a whole lot easier. Saranow Law Group handles appeals throughout the greater Chicagoland area from residential, commercial, or industrial property. They're ready to fight on your behalf so you don't pay more than your fair share. Visit their website, saranow.com, that's S-A-R-A-N-O-W, or call them at 312-373-0015. Mention promo code OFFMAN, that's O-F-M-A-N, to get a discounted fee on your 2021 property tax appeal. Contact Serenal Law Group, S-A-R-A-N-O-W, and start saving. Think about this for a moment. Pat Foley was enshrined in the NHL Hall of Fame, a recipient of the Foster Hewitt Award. And that was in 2014.
1: This recognition is rad, man. It is epic. I am jacked, I am juiced, I am wired, I am stoked. This is awesome. To uh, mom and dad, um, they're telling us today that we done did it. So uh, I love you, thank you. I hope you're as proud of me as I always have been of you. Thank you.
0: You mentioned growing up in Glenview with a father who made it in the auto industry and actually, really helped you in the hockey business. Tell me a story I don't know about Bob Foley.
1: Well, he uh, I, we unfortunately lost him about three years ago, and and uh, at the uh, at the funeral, I I basically said and I believe this to be true. He's the reason I'm the voice of the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, he's the guy that took me to Wrigley Field on the day that I mentioned. Um, he's the guy who drove me to Michigan State University. After my sophomore year in high school, and in that trip, we looked around the campus. He set up a meeting with the head of the telecommunications department, so I got to meet this guy. And so when I applied to Michigan State in my senior year, uh, I got in early acceptance. My grades were not good enough to do that, and so I really believe that that meeting led me to be early acceptance at Michigan State. So, And then I get through school. I get a couple jobs professionally. I apply for the Blackhawks job. Bill Wirtz's brother, Michael, bought his cars at Foley Buick. And Michael would... He was a tough negotiator. He would dicker on price from now till next week. But once he bought his car, he maintained it meticulously. So when I apply for the Hawks job, Michael Wirtz eventually brings his car in for service. Uh, Guess what tape was in his uh, cassette deck when he went home? uh, He knew more about the Grand Rapids Isles than he ever wanted to know. But my dad said, Mr. Wirtz, would you mind listening to this?
0: And that helped me get the job without question. That's really an amazing story. I would be remiss if we didn't talk about your second favorite sport, which is golf, which you play incessantly. Tell me about this habit. What's your handicap? And what do you do in the winter when you can't play golf?
1: Yeah, I mean, I love the game. I, I, I like the fact that it's been seasonal for me. I do get out a lot in the summer. I've enjoyed the fact that I sort of get away in the winter and I'm working and don't really have much time to play. Uh, that'll change here down the road. But, look, at, I, I mean, the truth is I didn't play it as a kid at all. Never played until I got into the sport of hockey. So when I got to Grand Rapids, the seasons match up perfectly. You're working all winter. Summer comes around. You're not as busy. You go out and play golf. And, you know, through the hockey players on that team, I learned to start playing a little bit and and, uh, and uh, came to love it. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm a single-digit guy. I mean, I might be 6 or 7. And, you know, if I play good, I'll break 80. Um, I lead the league in 81, unfortunately. But that's, that's okay. So uh, but I love it. And, and really having worked with dale for all those years who was a was a professional golfer for a while and you know great i mean he taught me more about the game than uh, than i ever could know so i was very lucky to have that uh, access and um, yeah I, I love it just kind of a hobby and it's all good
0: i end all of my interviews with this final question pat if not for hockey and broadcasting what would you have been
1: I don't have an answer for that George because I the truthfully I, I was going to be a broadcaster one way or the other and I, I remember having a uh, serious discussion with myself uh, you know in college when I'm, I'm really focused on this I'm going to try to make this happen and I thought you know what what if you're not that good what if nobody likes you that much what if you never get a break and I thought you know I liked this enough. At that point, I had been able to do some Michigan State hockey and um, baseball, and I was actually the color guy on the MSU football network. But I thought to my, I liked the job enough that if I wind up with the Toledo mud riding the bus around all summer trying to call minor league baseball, that would be good enough for me. I liked the job enough that it was going to be broadcasting. So there, there, was no, there was no other choice.
0: Well, I think I can say this on behalf of those of us in the media, and your many, many fans, Pat. You've not only been a credit to your industry, witness a Hall of Fame induction, but you made watching the Hawks a joy through good times and bad. I wish you only the best of luck, whatever you do, and thank you for telling me a story I don't know. <laughs> George, good
1: being with you. You've always, I've always respected your work, and uh, good luck with your podcast uh, thing here and. Uh, It's a pleasure. Hi, what about the
0: pitching? What about the pitching? (laughs) My thanks to NBC Sports Chicago, NBC Sports, the Chicago Wolves, and the NHL Hall of Fame for those fabulous highlights. And as always, a big thanks to TJ Rees for putting this podcast on the map, Will Hatzel for his fine mixing and editing, and Nick Tochi for our great graphics, and to our generous sponsors, Serenal Law Group, top-notch pros who will save you money on your real estate taxes, Dynamic Manufacturing, Honor the Legacy, Pioneer the Future, and the Vienna Beef Company, home of the iconic Chicago hot dog since 1893 by BetUS, a pioneer in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, and the Polina Market, top purveyors of the finest meats and much more. Tune in next week for another fascinating episode of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I'm George Hoffman, and that's all she wrote.